Welcome to Inside the Mortgage Mind, a Zenix podcast where you'll hear stories from professionals throughout the industry, from new LOs to CEOs, about their journey to achieving success. We hope these stories inspire and energize you to take your business to the next level. Joey Davidson, Casey Cunningham, how are you? I'm great, Casey. How are you? I'm great. I just love the fact that we're sort of related with our dogs, right? <laughs> I have an Aussie Absolutely. doodle. You have an Aussie doodle. Now you have a golden doodle. I do. I have a miniature schnauzer that acts like the golden doodle, right? Yes. Uh, anyway, like a big boy, but he's a little tiny guy. But mine was, I didn't want any shedding in the house. So that's how I ended up with doodle. Well, so. we, we went the same direction. So, um, you know, we talked about earlier the size of these dogs and uh, I love a big dog and I love the fact that they don't shed. But prior to our doodles, we had a Great Dane, um, which was a monster. Um, so when people tell us now your dogs are huge, we sometimes take back a little. We're like, wait a second. We had a dog that was the size of a horse prior to these dogs. So, uh, but yeah, I love the fact that uh, you and I are uh, air quotes uh, related. Uh, right. Our dogs. Well, I love dog people, period. Yeah, and uh, I'm wondering, I should do a survey around the country to see how many presidents of mortgage companies actually are dog people. Maybe there's a, a theme there. So, oh gosh. Right now I like everybody, Casey. I don't know that I want to know that about everybody. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. That's true, right? Where's our cat people? No, no offense. Anybody listening in, if you love cats, I love, I'm not going to say I love cats. I've never had a cat, but I love dogs. Cats need homes. Cats need homes also. Cats need homes. Right, right, right. Well, Joey, um, we're in some crazy times right now. And I think, as you reminded me, it's been almost 10, 12 years since I was, I, I guess I spoke at uh, one of your conferences. You did, yes. And, uh, Gosh, that's a lot of time since I've seen you uh, and caught up. So today is going to be real special for me to just really get into the mind of what it's taking to inspire your team and to build a great culture. So let's start off with about culture. Um, I believe it is the most defining factor for success today. Uh, can you define uh, your culture today? I can. Um, I think to understand the culture of our company, you have to remove people as employees who work together first and understand that we are all human beings created and loved by God, which makes us equal and deserving of the same amount of respect and kindness. And I think if you can grasp that, that we're all equal and created and loved by God and deserve mm. the same level of respect and kindness and then place us back into the work environment. If you can grasp that first part, everything else seems to work it work itself out when you assign titles and functions and things like that. Um, that would be the probably the way that I would describe our culture. Wow. I love that. I love that. It's interesting. We are equally yoked. And yes, I think we are, uh, we are blessed uh, by our one and only father. Yes. And so as you run your company today, uh, the last two years, right? Yes. Man, what an amazing two years for us <laughs> in the mortgage space, not so much for many industries. So in the last two years, uh, things shifted from yes. going to primarily, I'll say in, in corporate office to remote. How have you shifted over the last two years uh, that's impacting your culture? I think anytime there's change like that, um, 
we as leaders, as companies, we have a choice to make uh, and we can be paralyzed by the change or we can embrace the change. And uh, we were forced all industries uh, that were subject to the work from home or the COVID restrictions uh, had to embrace the change. And our people are so important to us, uh, not necessarily on a work level, like I spoke before, but on a personal level, they're very important to us. And one thing that we realize is when you're not in the office, you know, a lot of things happen in the office and you can kind of judge how somebody's doing personally by their body language, uh, by the, do they have a smile on their face or are they in a bad mood today? And it's easy to go up to them and say, hey, is everything OK? Um, mm-hmm. If you need to talk, you want to come in and share with me. And when you don't see them anymore, you don't get that benefit of seeing that body language and um, knowing how they're doing. So we've had to be extremely intentional to preserve that personal relationship. We can judge work. Uh, we can tell who's productive and who's not productive. We have the technology to do that. And that's a side component. We're more concerned with how are you personally? Because we know you're, they're going to perform at their best um, when they're doing well personally. And uh, so we've been very intentional at every leadership level of doing these check-ins, taking people's temperature and making sure that they understand that there's an open avenue for talking. Um, our mm-hmm. HR department has been extremely, um, they've done a, a great job of for, uh, providing avenues and technology, uh, mental health opportunities. And uh, one thing that we did that I love has very little to do with work, but I think uh, in the end, it, it helps their performance is we, we, we came up with a platform for exercise, if you will. So all of a sudden, nobody's commuting anymore, right? right? So we have some newfound time in our day. And for me, that was about an hour each direction. Mm-hmm. So two, sure. two, two new hours in my day. And what am I going to do with those two new hours? Well, some people may say, we want you to work. Well, we don't want you to work during that time. Uh, you were productive during the eight hours that you gave us prior to the pandemic. Let's yeah. not go. Let's not go crazy and um, put in 10, 12 hours a day. Let's find something useful to do with that time. So we, we came up with a platform that, like other exercise platform, tracks your steps. And um, we've had some cool competitions within the company um, that maybe this state against this state or this department against this department. And uh, we've had a blast with that. And that that app also has a chat feature in there. So there's some trash talking that goes on between departments and uh, but it's been motivating also. And and for me, my therapy is exercise. And I think that's the same for a lot of people out there. So uh, that's just one example of what we've implemented in hopes to um, uh, keep our culture intact and to pour into people on a personal level. You know, it's really interesting. I just posted about culture and being intentional. Yes. And that culture is getting shaped regard whether you're intentional or unintentional, it's being shaped and never before. And you absolutely, we are so much in alignment never before in the history of, I'm going to say of the world, have we been isolated in our work, but in our new era, I'm going to call it the new normal, if you will, is people are now sitting at home. They don't have the camaraderie, the connection, and we have to be super intentional to create that connection. So I applaud you, number one, that you're doing it on that personal level. And that's what keeps people together. 
And, uh, yes. you know, it's, uh, uh, so I'm really big. I mean, we just won again and uh, another culture award and I don't take it for granted. I mean, I think we're at 28, which is really exciting. And I'm going to give all accolades to our Heavenly Father and our leaders that are in the company who make people feel connected. Yes, that's Anyone awesome. listening is a leader, an executive leader, or even a, if you're in operations or sales and you're listening to this, really think what's your part in connecting with others? What are you doing to reach out to someone you may not see every day, but you used to see every day? Yes. And create a 15 minute, you know, check in in the morning. How are you doing? What's your day going to look like? That alone, that simple task of just connecting each day uh, for even 15 minutes, as you said, you can see body language, you can see whether how they're feeling. And it's um, really interesting. I've been watching in all of our meetings, I'm sure you are as well. And you see this lineup of all the associates, we call them associates versus employees, but you see all the employees on the screen and you're looking at it and you can tell just from here up, whether they're going to have a good day or a bad day or they're struggling. And so- how um, and I'd say for all executive leaders, are you looking very intentionally to go? Who needs me to make a phone call? Yes. Who I, your- I want to share one more thing that that I'm personally proud of, and it may sound a little cheesy, but um, years ago, um, with our what we call our leadership team, and that's about 10, 12 people that we started an exercise and back then we called it challenge Wednesday. We just chose Wednesday to be the day to do this. And the purpose of challenge Wednesday is to get all of us outside of our comfort zone and to do what we call make an emotional investment into somebody that, you know, Mm. and I'll explain what that emotional investment means. So my challenge would be, I could choose Casey Cunningham and I could call Casey and say, Casey, I'm calling you for one purpose and one purpose only. And here's the purpose. I've admired you for a long time. I admire the fact that you don't hide from your faith. And I admire the fact that mm. it's important to you to pour into the people in your company and to make them better people as a result of your leadership. And that's the only reason I was calling you, Casey. I'm going to let you go. You have a great day. But that oh. was it. So many times, I think we all love compliments. And uh, but I think as much as we love them, we hesitate to give them sometimes, even though we know the impact it's going to make. So part of the rules of this emotional investment is you can't sandwich it behind two work things. You can't call somebody and say, hey, I'm calling to check on the Jones file. By the way, I appreciate you so much and what you do. Call me back on the Jones file when you get a chance. You can't do that. That dilutes the whole reason for the phone call. So you have to make an intentional phone call to make a sincere emotional investment in somebody. And what we figured out through that exercise, that did a lot for Casey Cunningham when I called her and told her that. It did. It felt good, even though you were just pretending. But it did more for me. Mm -hmm. I took the time to do that. And I, I realized that I had an impact on Casey's day. And I didn't have to do that, but it makes me feel better that I did something useful today that made somebody else's day better. So we started that years ago. We don't call it Challenge Wednesday anymore because it almost seemed forced when we were doing it at a time or a day during the week. I think that people understood the impact that it had, and hopefully it's become a part of just what they do now. So I'm not kidding, Joe. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> well, sometimes I get emotional myself when I talk about it. So. Uh, well, I, I can give you a new name for it because I believe words are either weapons or they're wisdom. Absolutely. They either build people up or they can beat people down. Yes. And I believe as leaders, our role 
sincerely is to build people up. Yes. And if they may make a mistake or they uh, fail in something, we go, okay, fail forward. We learn from it. Let's move on. Make it a safe environment where we build people up and let them flourish. And if they're not flourishing, we help them out. Not, yes. not in a mean way, but in a very loving, sincere way. Sure. I'll give you, so you could call it wow Wednesday, um, <laughs> words of wisdom. And oh, I like that. So um, my family and I, we do every Wednesday, my kids and husband, every Wednesday, every Wednesday, we take our kids for breakfast because they are, they have a late day at school or they get in at nine. So we are very intentional because we believe it's words of wisdom that Wednesday morning where we're together as a family where we can pour into them. And That's so, awesome. um, and I am, uh, I'm loving how you've applied it at work where you're not sandwiching it in between work. Yeah. I mean, what a brilliance really connect your leaders and your employees together to say, hey, I'm valued and appreciated and recognized. Yes. I mean, who wouldn't want to work there? Yeah, okay. uh, we hope uh, that's yeah. the case. <laughs> You're going to, uh, what an amazing man you are. An amazing uh, leader. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? right? It does when people say it, but it truly, because, um, you know, I was, uh, I get the privilege of being in this industry quite often and, um, and serving it. And when I ask, you know, what's the most important thing to you? Of course, we're all, we're for-profit companies, but if you love and value your people, profit will follow. Absolutely. And so let me ask you, so as a leader who's passionate about serving others, um, what do you think is the most important attributes for leaders besides loving their people? Hmm. We're in an age of self-promotion. Mm. Um, social media has set us up for that. Yeah. And um, I think it's a very slippery slope when the leader gets involved in self-promotion. Maybe there's some component of that that's necessary to attract people to your company, but um, not in my world. Um, I this this uh, setting is uncomfortable for me because I don't like talking about myself because it's not about me. Mm. Um, so I think one of the qualities that I've had to be careful with uh, is introspection. Mm. And I think it's important to not try to portray an image of perfection. Um, and a lot of leaders do that. And I've, I've studied other leaders and, and it, it kills me when I when I study somebody or watch a video and it says, okay, uh, she gets up at four 30 in the morning and she runs 10 miles and she comes back and writes in her journal for an hour. And then she does meditation or prayer for 30 minutes. And then she runs another five miles and then she works for 12 hours just in time to go watch her son win the state championship at whatever. And yeah, you, you see that. And that's the image that a lot of leaders want to portray uh, so I think being introspective and understanding where our weaknesses are. But I had to be really careful with that, Casey, because I think you can be too introspective uh, to the point that it can affect your confidence. And I went through a season of that, that probably I concentrated too much on my weaknesses. So um, there's a limit, I think, on introspection. We have to give ourselves some credit sometimes. But um, I think it's very important for leaders um, to understand that we're real people. And uh, again, back to what I said at the very beginning, as a person, we're equal to everybody else that we're serving. Yes. You know, I've always wanted to 
uh, I'm, I'm going to guess, I don't know if this is true, but I, or I'll share mine. I have learned as much from bad leaders as good leaders. Yes. <laughs> what I didn't want to be and yes. what I wanted to be. Absolutely. And so uh, let me ask you, what's the one thing that you've learned as a leader, whether it was from someone else or your own personal failings that has helped you get where you are today? That one lesson. Gosh, I'm having to exercise it right now. Um, and that is um, the environment that we're in in the industry right now, um, from most people's viewpoint, it's not good. You know, mm-hmm. we're coming off of two record years and we go into uh, the highest inflation that we've seen in 40 years, the highest interest rates that some people have seen in their career, um, mm-hmm. the lowest inventory and in housing that we've seen in quite some time. Right. Um, so on the surface, things don't look good. And um, when fear hits, um, I think you find out where your leadership is. And um, I was in the military earlier in my life and had the privilege of, of serving our country in uh, Desert Storm. And I remember when I was um, on the helicopter, me and my platoon, and I was a young guy, I was a private, I was at the lowest level. And uh, we were on the helicopter when the war actually started and they were taking us over to drop us off. And I was scared to death. And I was looking around the helicopter at my, my cohorts, my peers, and everybody was scared. And uh, that didn't make me feel good. But I was sitting next to my platoon sergeant, Sergeant Moore. Love, love this man. And I turned and I looked at Sergeant Moore and he had a smile on his face. And he looked at me and he said, it's game time. And just to see my leader wasn't wasn't afraid that calmed me and i think it's important that in times like this this is our super bowl as leaders right now this is when we shine and sometimes i tell our leadership team and i know they don't like it but they also know that i'm being a tad bit sarcastic i tell them when things are great in 2020 or the last part of 2020 and 2021 when volume is abundant everybody's making more money than they've ever made I tell our leadership team because I have a great relationship with them. We don't need you right now. We don't need you. Now, that's not true. We always need leaders. Sure. But their time to shine is right now. This is when people are looking for leadership. They want somebody to follow right now. So I've learned from Sergeant Moore and from others that in times of uncertainty, in times of doubt, in times of fear, you can't sit in that emotion for very long. You have to take action quickly. And um, as a result, your people are, are expecting that of you. And so um, that took a while. Now, I still have situations where there's uncertainty and there's fear and there's doubt. But I have to get back past that quickly uh, and remember that um, God's put me where I am for a reason. And I have to honor that calling and get out of the, the spirit of fear because from at least my beliefs that doesn't come from God. And so I have to get past that and and lead like he wants me to lead. You have made me cry twice now. (laughs) Man, I love the fact that um, you didn't use this word, but that image of perfection of saying, Hey, we're human beings. We're leaders who are doing the best we can with the gifts we've been given. Uh, Allow some grace uh, and be vulnerable. 
And yeah. you know, I believe in being an authentic leader, which means sharing your thoughts, sharing your feelings, um, and asking people when we make mistakes, give us grace. Yes. Um, just like we will give you grace. And quite often, uh, some people don't understand that until they're in the moment. Uh, we are in a time where it's game time. Yes. And leadership has got to step up and lead and take action um, because everyone's confidence is built based on how we lead. That Absolutely. they're watching, going, what's going on and how do we adjust and what can we do? And I believe that times like this are the opportunity of a lifetime to gain market share, to refine your skill set. Uh, I just had the privilege of speaking at a conference and I got to listen to one of the economists right before I went on. And he said, everybody needs to not compare where we are right now to the last two years. Compare where we were in 2019, and we're still having a great year. Yes, We just came off of two uh, unprecedented years, and that comparative is easy to make going, oh, we're down. But are we? And so I think we can really applaud where we are now compared to 2019. Absolutely. And uh, lean into it. And this is when you hone your skills, you totally invest in yourself and, and growing. So, well, let me ask you the final question because I could be on the phone with you for, <laughs> for hours. Um, you know, you've got a future generation that we're trying to build these leaders. Um, are you doing anything specifically to help build the future um, leaders of your organization? Uh, we are. Um, future leaders for me are pretty easy to identify. Um you know, people say that leaders aren't born, leaders are made. And I think there's some truth to that. But I also think that there's some uh, there's, there's a skill set that some people are born with and you can identify that. And we're giving those people opportunities. And um, I, I don't like being in the spotlight. I don't like um, making every decision. I want other people to get as much credit as they can and to be involved as much as they can. And I think that goes down to those people that we've identified as uh, future leaders. I think it's important, obviously, that um, we set the example that um, uh, we've been commissioned to set. And uh, but without giving them opportunities, involvement, um, a say. And um, I think that's where we have an opportunity to maybe give them opportunities that we didn't have when we were mm-hmm. growing up um, and understanding that they may make a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, that's when we learn the most is when we make those mistakes. And as long as they're not catastrophic. But, uh, yeah, we try to find opportunities for people to get involved in and grow their leadership. So one of the things um that I appreciate is some people have the inherent skill that may not have the opportunity yet. And so my advice or insight to anyone who is in that position, I was there at one point in my life where I went to the executive and said, Hey, I'm smarter, et cetera. You should put me in leadership. I'll never forget. It was a valuable life lesson. Um, He said, if I put you into leadership right now, no one wants to work for you. And leadership is where people really want to follow you. Yes. They respect you and they know you're smart, but are you really building um, a a level of influence? Because it was all about me. Yes. And my early years, you know, you get the title, you get the moment and and you really do believe it's about you. Like you've, you've made it right. Is no, 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 no. And so it took me time to realize it wasn't about me and it was about empowering others 
and you know I eat last, right? Let, yes. the, let the associates eat first. But leadership is about empowering others. And anybody listening who would like to be in leadership, I would encourage you to really think about your peers are the ones who promote you. And quite often, everybody's nice to the executive, but they That's need so to realize good. that the peers when you get promoted should be cheering for you. Absolutely. Not feeling, oh my gosh, how did that happen, right? So anyway, just uh, some insight. I love that you're- I love that. And I'm, I'm gonna steal that, that your peers are the ones that promote you. And and if you don't mind me adding something to that, that may speak sure. to a, a young person out there that's looking to be in leadership, that um, someone asked me recently um, how, my experience in the military from that leadership, how it transfers to my current Mm -hmm. position. And I had to think about that for a couple of days before I gave an answer. And my answer may be surprising, but I said that it doesn't, it doesn't transfer because I'm a big fan of the military. Um, But the leadership in the military is a lot of times based on the exercise of authority Mm-hmm. And there's a reason behind that, because if you're not disciplined, if you don't follow the rules, the uh, outcome can be pretty bad. Sure. Um, and we're not in an environment where fortunately we're not in an environment where somebody's going to die if we don't follow the rules or if we're not disciplined. But in our leadership it is so much more about support than it is about the exercise of authority. And I know mm-hmm. as young leaders, sometimes what they crave is that authority. Um, And so I would encourage young leaders uh, who may be going down that path to uh, rethink that and to view it from the standpoint of what can I do to help those around me versus I want to be the one that makes the rules. Mm. Sage advice for anyone listening. And by the way, thank you for your service. My husband and uh, also flew in Desert Storm. Awesome. So he served. We are related, Casey. We are related in so many ways. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you again soon. I can give you a big hug because I'm a hugger. I live in the South. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But what a blessing it is to spend just a few minutes with you, Joey. I hope we can do this again because I'd love to actually ask you questions about the origin of how you got where you are. Sure. And what were all of those moments um, that got you to this day and those people? So if you don't mind, can hopefully we can do this again. I would love to do it again. And my example of an emotional investment that I said to you, those words were true. Um, I have admired you um, since the day you came and spoke at our company. And you've been such a stable and positive force in our industry. So uh, kudos to you and everyone at Zenix. And thank you for what you've done for our company and for our industry as a whole. God bless you, Joey. Thank you so much for your kind words. I'm going to not cry, but say goodbye (laughs) for now. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Casey. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check back for new episodes of Inside the Mortgage Mind, a podcast by Zenix, the Mortgage Academy. You can download our episodes wherever you love to listen to podcasts or on our website at zenix.com slash inside the mortgage mind.